Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. All right, we're live. And we're live. All right, we got another uh, Q&A today. Let's see these questions. All right, do you got any announcements for the listeners? I was trying to think of that, yeah. Um, I don't think I do. We are getting closer to the charity shirt launch. Um, not really an announcement, but just kind of keep poking people so they get yeah. ready to, to to jump on it. Um, Did you ever hear from the contest winners? Yeah. Mm. Yep, yep, we sent those shirts out. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's do that again, actually. Why not? Uh contest for some shirts <laughs> there we go we got a lot of shirts to give uh so if you want a tailored coaching method shirt all you have to do is leave a five-star rating in review and it's got to make me proud laugh or smile mm. really big so it's got to be a good review and it has to be five stars if you put four it doesn't count um which i will say like not to knock on wood but we have at least 500 ratings i think yeah we have more. Uh, we have more ratings than we do episodes. I'm pretty damn sure. And we, this is going to be episode like 508 or something like yeah. that. Um, and it's we're five stars, 100 percent five stars. Damn. Yeah. Holy shit. Just crazy. Nobody doesn't like it. I mean, it's. I find that hard to believe. I'm going to but put four stars I, in there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'd be so pissed. <laughs> the producer <laughs> fucking ruins no, our streak. There's no way that nobody says. There's so many freaking critiqueish people out there. I know, and and we've had critiques. Like people have have emailed me and said, you know, I curse too much and stuff like that. But I think I think at the end of the day, I don't say anything that's actually offensive to anybody. I am very honest, open, transparent, realistic, authentic, and the worst thing people say is like you curse too much. Yeah. But that's and I just say, hey, respectfully, I'm, I'm not going to change how I talk. Yeah, I literally can't. It's impossible if I start going on a tangent. It's it's possible. I mean, it is. And there's certain times where I have to focus on it. Like I'm actually kind of nervous about the multi care thing. Like, <laughs> bunch of doctors in the room, yeah. and I'm like, all right, listen, motherfuckers, <laughs> I'm gonna fire you the fuck up. <laughs> but uh, I'll definitely watch my mouth when speaking in that corporate setting. Yeah, there you um, go. I'm stoked for that, dude. That'll be cool. Um, We'll probably put out some teaser content about that for everybody to see. Yep. But I'm doing a uh, seminar, seminar, Call workshop, guest speaker. I don't know. Um, All the above. Yeah. They uh, basically multi-care for anybody who doesn't live. Do you think it's outside of Washington? Absolutely. Oh, is it? Okay. So multi-care so. is like this big hospital. Corporation. Corporation. Yeah. Like um, and they're paying CHI me. CHI Franciscan, multi-care, uh, VA, uh Swedish. There's bridge. Yeah. That's all under Molecare, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a big umbrella. Damn. I didn't realize they were that big. Yeah. Well, they are hiring me to come in and talk about stress management, motivation, productivity, uh, health, work ethic, all these things during the craziness of what's yeah. going on. Um, the interview I did today with Sean fired me up for it because it was like, I was, I talked to Tori yesterday because she's coordinating 
and she's like, hey, they need a title so they can promote it. Like, what do you want it to be called? And I was like, give me a day to think on it. I was like, I gotta be honest, I'm kind of nervous. Like, yeah. I've never been hired to speak on anything outside of fitness and nutrition, even though I'm super passionate about all this stuff. But that interview with Sean, um, shout out to Sean, uh, with Shots to the Dome. Love that podcast name. That's um, what it's called? Yeah, Shots to the Dome. Oh. Um, like, kind of like knowledge bombs, you know? Oh, I get it. Yeah. Um, but, it, like, he basically, he, he interviewed me on the Seven Rules for Life, but we just talked about, like, how to live your life at the greatest potential, and I think that's how I'm going to spend the presentation. It's like rules for life yeah. like how to create your own rules to be your biggest self you think the title's going to be the seven rules of life i'll probably title it like how to create rules for your life or something like, I like that. that and i'll use mine as an example but yeah. i want to actually like st- i'm gonna like multiple- i wouldn't limit yourself to not not that you'd go over because seven would take a long time but like don't specify it so hard that it's seven rules of yeah. life yeah. Well, and what I want to do too is like everybody's gonna have a notepad and it'll will stop and I'll be like, hey, like all right, take a break, journal, write this down. You got to think of this, and we're gonna go through practices of like yeah. creating your perfect day, creating your perfect week, um, visualizing yourself in five years if everything goes as planned. Like like very specific tasks that I've done in my journal. Um, so it's like hands on. Yeah. You know, then people have a cool experience. I wonder if it's only for multi care employees. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, originally, it was supposed to be 10. Uh, they're not doctors, like physicians. They're uh, nurse managers. So they are like basically the head nurse in charge of all the nurses in their wing or department or whatever. You know what that's called? Nope. I have no idea. I'll educate you. It's called the charge nurse. Charge? Charge. Charge. Charge something. Got else. it. It's called the charge nurse. Um, well, it's supposed to be 10 charge nurses. Yeah. And then Tori told me yesterday that they ended up inviting 30 people. Mm. So I don't know if that means there's just more charge nurses or if they're like, hey, bring the surgeon over here to yeah, you or yeah, bring yeah. this guy. So, because um, I mean, I, I told him, I was like, I've spoken in front of 135 people. So I don't care how many it is. Like, yeah. I want to do the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, the bigger it gets, the harder it is to be interactive. Yeah. 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 But I'm fucking stoked, man. I think that's going to be good. That's cool. I, I'm excited to be nervous, too. Yeah, because I think like there hasn't been anything that's got my like me going like, okay, (laughs) you know, like this is kind of nerve wracking. Brand new. Yeah, that's dope. Which is cool. I haven't had that feeling in a while, Mm -hmm. which is good. But yeah, man. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll preview that for you guys and uh, probably put the seminar out there some way, shape or form for you guys to watch it. Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to do this because the hands on stuff. But Gary V will do like keynote speaking. Yeah. And he'll take the audio from his mic and make it a podcast. Hmm. And it's do- it's not like the best studio quality because he's talking to a crowd. Yeah. But it's still dope because then yeah. you can kind of like hear his presentations. The problem is, is if I'm doing like hands-on practices, yeah, you can't really document that on podcast, you know. Sure. So we'll do whatever we can with it. Um, but that is uh, an announcement that doesn't really affect anybody but us. But I'm excited about yeah. that. Look forward um, to it. Yeah. So um, the only announcement really is is stay tuned for the charity shirts that will come out sometime in november and then make sure if you want a free shirt before then uh not the special edition one that we're gonna do for charity obviously but if you want a shirt before then reach out to or leave us a five-star rating or review and then we'll announce those in like a week or two and send out some shirts we'll probably do this like every month cool all right let's get right into it uh we got first question is from emma Bacara. Says if I want to grow my glutes but not overdevelop my quads, should I take squats out of my programming and replace them with more hip hinge movements like deadlifts or hip thrusts? Part two question from her says thoughts on a mini cut during a bulk. Even if you don't drop a lot of fat, just having a week off of higher calories as a break. 
it's it's kind of hard to answer the first one because you know from a theoretical perspective yes like take out some of the quad dominant movements and yeah. put glute dominant movements you're going to get more volume in your glutes so i think it depends kind of on how um that the program show looks like in the beginning if you come to me and you're like hey i'm only i can only train three days a week i probably would say hey let's remove some of the quad stuff and put more glute stuff because you don't have that much time yeah um if you're training four or five days a week i'm probably just going to say hey let's just create more intensity or more volume on the glutes but keep the squats because the squats are a functional movement pattern you need um the other thing i would say too is squats do help your glutes they they can be pretty quad dominant but if you break parallel and you get deep enough they become glute really intensive like For sure if you get into a really deep squat like ass to grass what, what i try to do when my heels are elevated and i'm doing a back squat i'm getting a ton of quad stimulus because i'm my quad my knees are so flexed bent that I'm getting a huge stretch in my quads but if I get deep enough I'm getting a huge stretch in my glutes too and part of the 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 primary ways to create hypertrophy is stretching the muscle fibers right so if we look at an RDL it's mainly beneficial for glutes because of the stretch you sit back into a big stretch and then you come up to the top you go back down some people will squeeze their glutes and emphasize the top contraction which I try to tell people to do but it's not the primary thing of a RDL Hip thrusts are definitely the best route because they place so much emphasis on hip extension at the top of the movement and you squeeze your glutes and you're just sitting in that contraction. You're yeah. holding that. Um, but I don't think you should take out – I would rather be like, hey, take out leg extensions for your quads and do hip abductions for your glutes. But, like, don't take out squats. Squats are, like, a fundamental movement pattern. Like, I think just from a function standpoint, you will hip thrust, lunge – everything sprint jump everything better if you squat yeah if you squat deep enough you'll probably grow your glutes so if you can't squat deep enough go lighter focus on form maybe elevate your heels a little bit work on like external rotation so you can kind of sit into your hips a little bit more get lower and we call it like sit into the hole um work on that until you get to a point where your squats are benefiting your glutes more rather than just removing squats completely yeah. because they're so they're so foundational um one thing I thought I heard that was really interesting on a podcast I was listening to yesterday was uh, he said that it depends is a cop out, and it was really cool how he explained it. So he it was Eric Helms, but he took it from Nick Timonello, which I've met Nick Timonello. Um, he did a workshop at the gym years ago. Really good guy. He's been a trainer for years, and the whole thing was like if you say it depends without an elaborate reasoning afterwards, it's just a cop-out. People will say like, oh, it just depends. Oh, it depends. Oh, it depends. Because it's an easy way to not give an in-depth answer. Yeah. But when a coach says it depends, blah, 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 and just starts rambling off shit, it's probably a good sign because they have so much thoughts on why it depends. There you go. So, um, but just something I thought about because as soon as she asked her, I said, well, it depends. And I thought about that. But um, I agree 100%. I think it is a cop-out if you don't explain, but it's it's that's something for people to watch out for. If you hear somebody say it depends, watch for the follow-up. If the follow-up is in-depth and usually takes you down like multiple paths, then it's a good sign yeah. that they know what they're doing. Yep. Do you remember the second part? Uh, mini cuts during so, a bulk? Yep. Thoughts on a mini cut during a bulk? Um, I think it's okay. Like, she even <coughs> mentioned like even just taking a week off, yeah, right? So like. Yeah, so it's even if you don't drop a lot of fat, just having a week off higher calories as a break. Yeah, I think so. There's there's 
two sides of this question really like uh, uh, taking a week off isn't a mini cut it's literally just taking a break so it's it's kind of a diet break in the reverse sense from a programming perspective usually we program a diet break like hey you're going to increase calories take time out of the deficit well if you let's say you were in a deficit you were tracking you tracked through your reverse diet you tracked during maintenance and then you tracked during a lean gaining phase you might just be like man i'm just fucking sick of tracking my macros so maybe you do take a week off every few weeks or you try to be a little more intuitive and see if you can still continue gaining being intuitive. Um, I always recommend tracking because it's more specific and we kind of thrive on specificity. Yeah. But not at the expense of burning out and hating the process. So I think if, if it's just a matter of like, man, I'm just burnt out from tracking, just take a week off. It's just, it's just a mental break. Um, if it's a break because your gut is all fucked up or like you're eating too much food that you feel bloated all the time, um, take a break for that purpose. And then while you're taking a break, try to decide while, why your gut is feeling that way. You should be able to take enzymes or probiotics or change your food selections, do something, manage stress to reduce the bloat and gas and digestive stress that you're having from the bulk. Um, but again, those aren't mini cuts. That's just, it's literally just, yeah, it's just taking a break. Um, as far as mini cuts go, I prefer not to take them for most people. I think it can work well. Um, for some natural lifters, I think it works best for drug-enhanced users. And it also works best if you're – you have to be bulking really fucking hard in order to justify a mini-cut. Because a mini-cut is where it's like, okay, I'm gaining, but I took it too far. I increased my calories too much or I gained a bunch of fat. I'm going to pull back for four to six weeks to try to cut off some of this fat and then get back to my gaining phase. So I think it can be a productive tool if you're somebody who likes to gain at a fast rate and you just need to like take a step back so you can take five steps forward. Uh Um, And there are people where it's like, all right, I'm going to do an eight month gaining and every three months I'm going to pull back for four weeks and just like limit fat gain, right? Um, but I would much rather, especially with natural lifters, it makes more sense, especially with females. And she is a female. It makes more sense to just take a lean gaining approach and go, I'm going to go into a very small surplus, like five, maybe 10% surplus, very, very tiny. And just slowly gain weight over time. I'd rather see you gain, uh, if you're an advanced lifter, 0.5% of body weight per month. If you're an intermediate 0.5 to 1.5, if you're a newbie, like one to 2% of body weight per month, which isn't that much. For me, at about 180 pounds, 1% is 1.8 pounds. So if I was gaining 1.8 pounds a month, that's on the faster end yeah. as an intermediate advanced lifter. Um, and that's not that much. It's really slow. You know what I mean? So if I was gaining half a percent, it'd be about a pound a month, which is a quarter of a pound a week, almost like to the point where I can't even notice. But that's how you build muscle without a bunch of added fat. And the best natural bodybuilders go that slow. And that's why they're the best natural bodybuilders. Yeah. It's, it's patience. That's insanely slow. It's insanely slow. <laughs> and so for some people, I don't like doing it because yeah. they're, they're investing in a coach. Yeah. So they're paying money and they want something in return. So I had that conversation at the beginning. I'm like, hey, w- we have two routes. We can go really slow, which is probably the preferred route from a physiological perspective and staying lean. Um, and potentially even avoiding like a serious cut in the future. Because if we can keep you really lean, then you don't even have to cut in the future. Yeah. Um, but it might take you more time, you know. Or we can go hard for three to four months bulking and then we can cut hard. And it's just a personality thing. Some people like to move fast. Some people like to do it the other way. Um, I think the the hard bulk, hard cut can work well if you commit like years to the process. So like the next three years, I'm going to do like one to two bulking cutting cycles per year. So you're like bulking, cutting, bulking, cutting, yeah. bulking, cutting. And then three years you can look back and go, man, I made a ton of progress. But for me personally, I'd rather go 
I'm just going to go slow and just gain all year. This is exactly what I did. Slow gains for a full year, and then I'm going to cut for like six months, reverse for six, maintain, and then probably do it again. You know, so it's less time overall, I think, uh, but it's just so slow. Yeah. It's hard to do. You got to be like really into this shit to to go that slow. Yeah. All right. So we got next question we got from Saffron Burt. What is your best message? methods to enforce new habits is there also a, a point where self-accountability is not just enough i feel more comfortable keeping my goals and plan to myself but i'm not being consistent enough accountability um there's absolutely a point in time where self-accountability is not enough you know i mean we both know this we've both yeah. hired people to keep us accountable i think at the end of the day even if you're not hiring somebody it's so important to share your goals with somebody else because if nobody knows that you're chasing something but you, you're much less likely to achieve that thing. Or chase it just as hard. Yeah. yeah. It's just because you have nobody watching. Nobody, I don't want to say judging, but nobody nobody on your ass. Nobody wondering if you're going to succeed. Yeah. Keeping you accountable. Yeah. Um, I definitely think there's a point in time. And sometimes you need accountability in different aspects of life, you know? Um I have accountability for my training and nutrition. Um, I have accountability for really just my relationship at mm-hmm. this point with Andreas. It's kind of like, here's the husband and father I want to be, and I'm going to talk to you enough to make sure that you keep me doing that and yeah. being that way. And then I have accountability from a business writing entrepreneurship perspective from John Romanello, like I, I've, which is very recent. But the point being, I think seeking out accountability allows me to do two things. One, it has somebody following my my process. And then two, it allows me to vent and say what I'm experiencing and also share where I want to be, who I want to become, yeah. how I want to act. And then having them tell me how to do that. Definitely. And, and, or just saying like, how do you think you're going to do that? And I'll have all the answers, but then they're going to make sure I do it. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's super important. I think that the big, what was the beginning part of the question before the accountability part? Yeah. It just says, what are your best methods to enforce new habits? Uh, um, Habit trackers are unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I highly, highly, highly recommend. I got this for my mentor guys, uh, clients, and uh, I got one for myself. Uh, it's called the Self Journal. Mm-hmm. It's from the guy from Shark Tank, Damon. Is it Damon John? Damon John. Um, either he endorses it or he made it, but um, dude, it's so dope. It's honestly the coolest journal I've ever had, <laughs> and I've had a lot of journals. Yeah. Um, but at the beginning. I always do 12-week goals, like 90 outcomes. He does 13-week for whatever reason. But at the beginning, there's like a section, and it's like your 13-week goal. So you have like a 13-week bucket list. You have a 13-week, three different outcomes. I usually do four, but he has three different outcomes that you write. And then you have a habit tracker. So for the next – and then they're broken up into 30 days. So first habit tracker, second, third. So three Mm -hmm. months, right? First habit tracker – list of things that you want to do you just write them down and then there's like your days of the month and all these boxes so you can cross them off and there's like x is completed just a, a one sl- a line is like partial and then nothing yeah so like i wrote down like 20 minutes of guitar every day journal every day phone on the counter after 5 p.m every day like all those little things that i want to get good at and it's just about checking the boxes yeah. like the habit tracker just works so fucking well um i also think journaling in general helps quite a bit because it allows you to reflect. So every morning, you know, like I write, what am I grateful for? Uh, What are my top three objectives of the day? Um, What are my intentions? Like, how do I want to be today? How do I want to act? How do I want to show up as an individual? And then what does my day look like hour by hour? 
And when I can write that all out first thing in the morning, it kind of, it, it's a sense of accountability yep. of like, this is who I'm going to be and what I'm going to do. And you have it in writing and then you get started on that right foot. So I think habit tracker and journaling is, is crucial. And then uh, I would say accountability. I think that it's almost like, it's kind of like she's asking, what can I do before I have to hire a coach? Right. Like, uh, like I can keep myself accountable, but when do I need to hire somebody? Yeah. What can I do to build habits instead of that? I actually think hiring a coach teaches you the habits you need to sustain those things after you work with them. Right. It's like, I'm going to hire a coach. I'm going to tell them what I want and they're going to show me how to achieve it. They're going to show me how to show up. They're going to help me with the habits I need to create. And then once I feel really good about doing those on my own, I'm done coaching. That's the whole process. Right. I've graduated essentially. And then after that, you have the tools. So I think, I think you are looking at it the opposite of how I would look at it. I would probably look at it like, hey, you should find accountability to build those habits. And then when you feel good, you have the habits in place to do it on your own. For sure. And to hold yourself self-accountable. That's great. All right. Uh, next question comes from another regular, Tiffany Warlowski. Do I have a rock star problem? That's fine. It's getting bad. Sorry if I burp on the podcast, guys. Sometimes I pause because I am. Check. Talk. Just click that when you burp. Okay. There's a mute button. Yeah. I will click that. All right. First question from uh, Tiffany says, how can we tell if we are losing reps in our second exercise for a muscle group or even a different muscle group later in the workout due to pushing harder on the first exercise for that muscle? Super, super easy answer. I'm not going to overcomplicate this which I usually do. <laughs> um, uh, training log. Oh, Simple. Yeah. So if I go in the gym today and I have dumbbell or barbell bench press and then I have a dumbbell military press, a chin-up, and a T-bar row, mm-hmm. and then I have some curls, let's say. I'm going to write down how many reps and sets and weight I did on everything, right? And then next week, I just look at that. So if I blow my load on the bench press and now I can't lift as much as I did on last week on the military press, the chin up and all that stuff, mm-hmm. then <laughs> you gave me that look. Um, then I won't be able to, like, then I know I'm, I'm fatiguing before, before yeah. I get there. Yeah. Um, but it's that simple. Like for, for people in the Taylor trainer, you have true coach, write it in the comments. You can look at your past workouts. It's exactly what I do. For sure. I go in, I mark what we did. So if we go like I did 70s and then 80s um, and then I my last set I did 80s but I was like a rep shy. Maybe it was 10 reps and I did 9. I'm going to write like 70, 80 and then 80 times 9 because yeah. then next week I know like I'm going to try to do 80 for all three sets or I'm just going to make sure I had 10 reps on every set. Yeah, like the average. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and you always know if you go too hard on that first exercise by what the rest do. Now sure. there's also times where going too hard on the first exercise isn't going to negatively impact you. So what I always tell people is like, if I'm going to do a bench press, a barbell bench press at the beginning, one, it's the highest injury risk. It's a barbell movement. You have a ton of weight over your chest. Like if you drop it, it's probably going to hurt. Yeah. Um, leave one or two reps in the tank. That's where your RIR is one to two. Um, then let's say I go to military press. Well, maybe the military press is the the last pressing movement I have of that day. Go hard on it. Go balls to the wall on it because you don't have anything that's going to negatively impact afterwards. You're going to do a chin-up. You're going to do a T-bar row. Those are all antagonist movements. So sure. you going hard on an overhead press isn't really going to affect a row. 
Um, now, if you did a barbell bench press, a military press, went super hard, and then you're just generally tired and mm-hmm. it fucks up your T-bar row, I would tell you that your nutrition's off, your sleep is off, your stress is off because you should not be that tired mid-workout. Yeah. Something else is going on that's that's lacking that energy. Um, but yeah, I think the simple answer is just keep a work log or get true coach or do something where you can record your weights and just make sure you're matching those week to week. For sure. All right, she has a second question. Uh, she says... How important is it to have isolation exercises in your training program? She says, when I lift at home, I am able to do barbell and dumbbell exercises since I don't have access to a leg extension and leg curl machine. Can you build a decent amount of muscle with compound lifts only? Do it in the correct way. I think the – it'd be – I wouldn't say you can't build muscle on the compound lifts. You definitely can. I think they actually have the biggest bang for your buck. I think you'll build more muscle, including those. But there becomes a point in your lifting career where you get too advanced to just do the compound lifts. For sure. Um, You know, like a beginner or honestly, even you, like getting back into training like you are. If I was like, hey, Mondays, you're going to do barbell squat, barbell bench, barbell deadlift. Yeah. Wednesdays, you're going to do barbell squat, barbell bench, barbell deadlift. Fridays, you're going to do barbell squat, barbell bench, barbell deadlift. You would build muscle. Yeah. You'd build a ton of muscle because they're huge movements that build a ton of strength. They do build muscle. Um, but in six months from now, your muscle building would probably slow down, and we'd be like, all right, let's add some curls. Let's add some chin-ups. Let's add some rows. Let's add some flies. Let's add something to add more volume. Um, so I think everybody gets that point. Now, You like I did a program when I was an intermediate, so I wasn't even a beginner, where I just did bench squat deadlift three days a week. And the only things I added in was, like, I would do some curls after one of the days. I would do some, like, shrugs and trap work on one of the days. And then I would do some, like, ab work on the other day. So very low volume, not doing much. And I built a ton of muscle. But it's because I never focused on the compound lifts so much. Um, and it was so dramatically different. But after about, like, 8 to 10 weeks, I stopped building muscle. Yeah. You know, and I need more volume. I was still getting stronger. But I think it's one of those things where if you've never done anything like that before, it, it'll probably work. But just, like, I mean, if you're a beginner – anything works. Um, and, and even like somebody could build muscle with CrossFit if they've never done CrossFit before, because it's such a new stimulus, For sure. but it's not the most ideal thing and it's not going to work very long. So I just think like, as you get more and more advanced, you need isolation work more and more, but like you, she said she only has barbell and dumbbells, right? Yeah. Dumbbell curls, dumbbell lateral age, dumbbell tricep extension, flies. dumbbell flies, reverse and regular, um, dumbbell reverse lunges. Flies. Yeah. Reverse flies like trap posterior flies. Hmm. So a uh, chest fly would be flying forward. Uh, reverse fly is where your chest is on the bench, like I had you doing, yeah. I think, just yesterday or yeah. Monday. Um, and you get a ton of isolation work. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, shit, in my garage gym, I did isolation work for a long time. I didn't have anything but dumbbells and barbell yeah. for a long time. Um, I mean, shit, you can do a lot of isolation work with the barbell. But I think you don't need a leg extension or a leg curl to build muscle. You know, you can do a sissy squat, you can do a goblet squat, you can do lunges, you can do uh, blood flow restriction, pistol squats. Mechanical tension builds muscle. <laughs> so, like, it, it's kind of like the, the best way to think about this from a scientific perspective, too, even to simplify it more, is do you think you can put tension and stress on the muscle tissue with dumbbells or a barbell? Yes. Everybody would say yes. Yeah. Well, then why can't you build muscle? Like that's all building muscle is. It's placing stress on a muscle. You don't need a machine to do that. Yeah. Um, now, if you're a bodybuilder, I would say, hey, a leg extension would help because it's a great contraction. It's very hard to mimic um, a hard isometric contraction at a knee extended position. Like if you think of squats, like 
or split squats or lunges or anything, the greatest stress is placed at the bottom when you're in stretch position. So it's hard to mimic, but you can. And you probably should do that if you're a bodybuilder and you have access to it. And you're going to be doing more volume to build muscle. But you don't need it. Yeah. So 100% you can can do without. I wouldn't recommend just doing compound lifts unless you're a beginner, though. Yeah, for sure. All right. So the next question comes from Renee Arston. Uh, what's the difference between, oh, that's good. Uh, what's the difference between a deload week and a restorative week? I've never even heard of a restorative yeah. week. I thought it was a good question because I hadn't heard of it, but I still <laughs> think it's a good. Is that a vacation? Ooh. Restorative week, just clear your mind. Yeah. Let's go on a trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, essentially I think it's the same thing. So yeah. like the way I would look at this one, I wouldn't call it a restorative week because I would say a deload week is a restorative week. That's the whole purpose. It restores you, you know? Are you looking it up? Yeah. I don't think it is anything. You're probably going to get some like meditation shit yeah. or something. Um, or like a day spa <laughs> like in Arizona, Sedona. Um, but I think uh, I look at it like a proactive or a reactive deload. Yeah. So to me, a, re- a proactive deload is like I progress intensity for three weeks and then the fourth week is a deload, which is basically what we do. Right? Yeah. Three weeks of going harder, harder, harder. Let's take a deload week. A restorative week would be more of a reactive deload to me. It's like I've been going hard and I'm pretty run down. I think I should take a week off. Yeah. And it's just because you're feeling it already, not because you're trying to prevent feeling it. You're already feeling that fatigue. Take some time off. Um, so I don't uh, I don't think there is a difference between those, but I think there is a difference between reactive and proactive. I do reactive deloads with more – with people who are newer inside of training and ha- don't have as long of experience – because they they don't understand how to read the signs. So it's kind of like thrown on us last minute. Like I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. I'm like, oh shit, we need a deload. Because you're like stressed, your adherence is going down, your recovery is going down. I'll take a deload. And it might be five weeks in, might be nine weeks in. You never know. Um, and then with more advanced people, you can get more advanced with periodization. And that's when you start going, okay, every fourth or sixth week is a deload. And I base that on the person's history. So I know for me, fourth week has always been the best. I've always done that because I always feel most fatigued. And I like to do like week one is kind of like, is like I'm learning new movements and I'm doing new things. So it's kind of like a novelty stimulus. It's different. And then week two, I'm more comfortable. I can go a little bit heavier. Week three, I'm like maxing out my prog- progression on the lift. Mm-hmm. And then week four, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to chill. For sure. And then I repeat the process. But there's some people where I know they don't need to deload any sooner than six weeks or eight weeks. And so I purposely will do it every other block on the fourth week. So it's every like eighth week. Mm. Um, and that just comes from coaching. When you coach somebody and you look at their biofeedback week after week after week after week, you start to kind of pinpoint. Um, or there's people where it's lifestyle oriented. So like uh, like Chad, we usually program his deloads around wrestling matches and travel. So if we know that he's got like back-to-back matches and filming coming up and he's going to be traveling across country, we're probably going to take a deload week that week because he's got other shit going on. Or we'll take a deload week the week he gets back because we want him to fly home like, hey, recover, restore, yeah. and then get back to it. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this podcast, but I wanted to pop in real quick and shout out my sponsor, Legion Athletics. Legion Athletics is the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world. They are naturally sweetened and flavored supplements that are scientifically backed with good ingredients and proper doses, which is pretty rare in the supplement space, to be honest with you. And you get 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. So if you hate the product, which 
probably won't happen. You can get all your money back. Right now, you can head over to buylegion.com slash boom boom and save 20% off your first order and start getting loyalty points so you can get free supplements in the future. Legion is literally a company that I have been using for years, not only for myself, but also with my family and with all of my clients. They have some great products for sports performance and health, and I really can't say enough about who they are as a brand, their transparency, because they are one of the only supplement companies that actually says nutrition and training is more important than supplements. So they are very honest, they are very science-driven and evidence-based, and they are the real deal when it comes to the top quality supplements that you can get on the market. So once again, head over to buylegion.com slash boom boom and save today. Now, without any further ado, let's get back to the episode. That's that's. Did you did you see uh, that picture I shared of uh, Cash Wheeler, the other client I have that's in the AEW, my story? Dude is looking fucking jacked. Yeah. Yeah. And I texted him. I was like, "Bro, you look huge and like lean." And he was just like, "Dude, I literally feel better than I've ever felt." Like oh. he's he's feeling. Cash Wheeler. That's his wrestling name, Cash oh, Wheeler. Yeah. Oh. Um, his real name's Daniel Wheeler. Uh. Um. Not sure if I'm supposed to say that. Oh, no, I'm just saying. I think it's fine. <laughs> Bailey was on the podcast and yeah. she was like giving all the behind the scenes and all that shit. Dope. Um, that's not her real name either. Yeah. But um, but yeah, he's looking jacked. So it, we're we're tweaking things to because it was I was like basically like all right, man, you've really locked things in because he never tracked macros before. Oh. So it was like let's dial this in, let's get you training on a better program, and he's he's maintained weight, but he looks leaner because he's just fuller. And so I was like, do you want to turn it up? And he's like, I'll do whatever you say. I was like, all right, we're turning it up. Yeah. I was like, I want to get you shredded for TV, man. Like, yeah. let's just go. So I'm excited about that. So that'll be cool, too, because then I can, like, fucking turn on the television and go, like, yes. Yeah. He's killing it. Still can with yeah. Chad. Yeah. We did. Uh, I watched the last, uh, not the most recent one, but the one before that. Right before we moved into the uh, apartment, yeah. um, I was we were watching – I think it was just regular SmackDown. I can't remember. I don't. Remember. I think it's uh, is it Saturday or Sunday night? I can't remember. You, you tell me. Yeah, I don't. Know. I can't remember. Um, but I, I, it was cool because I saw Bailey came out yeah. and did some stuff. She was more on the acting side. She wasn't wrestling, but Chad came uh, out and did some wrestling. Um, Jess was refing the whole thing. Yeah. So I saw her I out saw there that. too. It was sick. Yeah. So dope. yeah, it was dope. All right, cool. Now we got um, next question is from Alex Peel. They say, I've suffered with insomnia for years. I know how important it is for my recovery and general health, but sometimes, no matter how good I am with my sleep hygiene, it takes a good while to get my sleep back under control. I still train during these times because I love it and want to be consistent, but I worry about the stress that's putting on my body. Should I be concerned? Is it okay to just carry on training as normal? Do you have any recommendations? You have problems with sleep, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) Nightmares? That did I had a nightmare last night? Yeah, Shannon called me and was like, "Do you remember waking up?" I was like, "Yeah, kind of." Why? She was like, "You were screaming." Oh, I was like, and Carrie was sleeping on our couch because oh. they were drinking during the bachelorette, yeah. so she crashed. Yeah, and I was like, "Stop, you Carrie sleeping." Yeah, I was like, "What was I saying?" She was like, "You thought there was a snake in the bed." Oh, you were like, "You see the snake, the huge snake," and yeah. I guess I was just like screaming. Shit. I was like, "I don't remember any of that." Yeah, <laughs> she did. The, did I tell you about her freaking out? Two weeks ago, yeah, she had a, and it, I think <laughs> it was right after we were in Palm Desert <laughs> with that was on the podcast. Oh yeah, that big spider. Oh yeah, that thing was. F- I still can't believe that. Yeah, it's a fucking tarantula on the wall. <laughs> like, just think about that, people. 
Like, you look at the wall, and there's a tarantula crawling across. Like, that's the scariest thing. It's like a horror movie. I mean... I mean, we were kind of faded, so... It's venom at you or I mean, I don't know what a tarantula does. It fucking just leaps and attacks oh my, my face. God, but she had a dream that there was a spider in the bed. And, dude, like, I went full, like, fucking security guard bear mode. Like, because <laughs> she jumped up, still asleep, and tried to crawl out of bed. But in my mind, I thought somebody was dragging her out of the... Whoa. Our bed. Like, I thought somebody was kidnapping her. Yeah. I literally fucking lost it. I jumped up and grabbed her and, like, fell back and, like, held her. And I was, like, looking around. Oh, my God. Dude, I was so scared. And and so she fun. was still asleep, freaking out. So I was like, it's me, it's me, it's me. And then yeah. she finally, like, woke up. And I was like, holy shit, I thought somebody was taking you. And she's like, what are you doing? And I was like. What are you doing? Fucking kidding me? She was like. Oh my god, that was scary! And just kind of like went back, but I was like, <laughs> my heart's just beating, yeah. adrenaline. If she didn't know what was going on. She just knew what she was dreaming about. She she thought about it later on. Like she sat there and like laid down, and I was like just breathing on the floor because I was just gassed because I jumped so. And then she was like, I thought there was a spider in her bed. And I yeah. was like, that's why you crawled out. That's just a spider. <laughs> Unless I mean, if what do you mean? A, if it, <laughs> just if, if it was a dream, it probably was a huge spider. But. Yeah. Yeah, and then last night it was me, but it was a snake. Wow. Yeah. yeah I'm not. I've never been afraid of snakes either. This was weird. In my in bed, though? Oh, yeah. yeah be, not, that's not dude, okay. Do you see that? Remember that barstool sports thing where the snake was coming out of the toilet? No. Oh, you didn't see that? No. They posted it in the group. No. Thread. It's but. basically like a thing. He's filming this toilet, and a snake comes out of the oh, hole and, like, pokes ago. up and goes back in. I yeah. was like. Absolutely not. Oh, you were taking Where are you? Take, you like, were in the bathroom. When I was watching it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I literally was like, I'm sitting on the toilet as I'm wa- looking at this. Not okay. I don't know where that toilet was in the fucking jungle. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, Josephine and her sister spent the night at her cousin's house when they were little kids. They tell the story all the time. But her, their cousins had snakes. And oh, her older sister woke up with it licking her head. Not joking. Oh, my God. Yeah, because they were, like, on an elevated bed, and they were, like, little kids. So they were, like, oh, we'll be okay. You know, we can't get up here. And they woke up with it licking. What, did they just leave the snake out of the cage? At nighttime, yeah. Like, Why? They're friends with it. It, it doesn't it's make it, sense. It's a house animal. It's like, so weird. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's, like, I'm sorry if anybody's listening that, that has, like, pet snakes and stuff. Yeah. And I understand, like, kids are into reptiles and stuff. But, like, to me, like, when people have, like, an anaconda, you know, like... <laughs> It's a little uh, or a python, a python. People have pythons. I know, dude, but that's crazy. Why would you have a a snake that could literally swallow you? Yeah, could swallow you yeah. like inch by inch. Yeah, that's the worst death ever. You're just like <laughs> fuck. <See ya>. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly going into this fucking snake, you can't, and you can't even move. Just squeezing you. Oh my god, uh, dude, this it's is, like this is the end. That's the worst <laughs> thing ever, dude. Why would you put yourself in that predicament? Yeah. Oh, why don't you say, "Hey, not tonight. We're sleeping over." Yeah, <laughs> fuck that. I won't. No. I won't sleep at a house with a snake like that. But oh, I mean, insomnia. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, have you done anything to help? Because I mean, obviously you have. Just I don't know if you have insomnia, no? but you just have crazy nightmares. Yeah, I, I don't know what just there is deal to with do. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope I don't have one that night. Yeah, this is. I, I've only had one client who had like clinical insomnia to where like. I've had a lot of people say they can't sleep, yeah. you know, but I've only had one person that went to the doctor, had sleep studies done, and they had, like, literal insomnia. Yeah. And there was multiple things that we did with her. I mean, one, she was under eating, so her body was stressed, so we reverse dieted her up. Um, we played with some nutrient timing to try to uh, help 
like serotonin levels at night to help her get to sleep better and kind of crash at night. Yeah. Change her training time. Um, we dim blue lights at night. So she wasn't kind of fucking up with her melatonin response as the lights go on. Cause as we know, if, if, if there's light above like the floor, your body perceives that as the sun is still up. So melatonin doesn't kick in mm. as soon as the sun goes down, melatonin kicks in. But if you go like the sun goes down, you go home, there's lights everywhere. It, it kicks back. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't kickstart. So limiting lights at night and technology, um, reverse dieting. You can take some supplementation. Um, Legion has a, a really good sleep aid. I think they're sold out right now, but it's, I think in the note in early November, they're going to have it restocked because I had to ask for some clients. Um, so that's a good one. Um, obviously you can take melatonin too, but um, in general, it's just simple things. It's kind of like, all right, which uh, out of all these things on this checklist, like what aren't you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, are you not turning off the blue lights? Okay, get some blue light blockers and let's turn off lights sooner. Are you uh, like eating with your nutrients at this time? No, okay, let's do that. Are you eating enough? No, let's do that. Are you training at 7 p.m.? Yeah, okay, let's train at fucking noon. You know, so you're not wiring yourself up and firing your nervous system right before you're supposed to go to bed. So we can kind of chip away at all these things. Um, and then last but not least, I mean, you could implement, uh, like, I, I don't like, I, I personally don't think CBD works that well without THC. Yeah. So the way I was described, um, and I'm not like a weed expert, nor do I take CBD or THC, but. Well, well f- are you saying that, hold on, let me ask this. Are you saying that CBD d- doesn't work without THC for sleep? It, even yes, for, even it, for it's it's not that it doesn't work. It's just not as productive. Yeah, CBD works great for dogs. Yeah, works really well. Have you given that yeah. to Charlie? Oh, yeah, yeah. My, we give it to Micah, my dad's yeah. dog. Works really well for like arthritis yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I think it's more effective in animals, like small animals like that, than it is humans for whatever reason. Um, even for anxiety and like I've I've heard so many people that they swear by it, but it's yeah. all. It's all anecdotal. Mm. So if you look at like actual research studies, there's not really any studies that convince, convincingly like, or convictly or whatever the word is, competently say like this prevents anxiety or depression. Mm. But a lot of people swear by it. Yeah. So that's kind of one of those things where it's like, is it placebo? And if it is, who cares? If it works, it fucking works. Yeah. Like I don't care if it's not actually working, but you think it's working, so it ends up working. <laughs> or if there's oh. a placebo <laughs> inception. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or there's a chemical reaction that actually works. But um, the way I was explained to this um, by somebody who owns a CBD company mm-hmm. is that it kind of works like amino acids. So you can take leucine by itself, yeah. and it's a precursor for muscle protein synthesis. However, it's not going to work that great if it's not present with all the other amino acids. That's why an essential amino acid or whole food protein or a protein shake is the best bet. Even branched-chain amino acids only have three amino acids, which are the dominant ones, but they work better as an essential amino acid because it has all the amino acids. They work together to produce the result. There's, I don't know how many, I want to say there's like hundreds of different cannabinoids. THC is a cannabinoid. Uh, CBD is a cannabinoid. Um... Those are within the, the marijuana plant that actually have these effects on you. And from my understanding, when you have everything, they all work better. Yeah. So that's why, like, technically smoking it is going to have a better effect as a whole. Now, you can take CBD plus THC pills. Mm-hmm. And I've done that, and it did help me sleep. Um, I don't know necessarily if it helped with stress or anxiety because it wasn't a period in my life that I was, like, super stressed out. Um, but I didn't get high. Like, it's not enough to, like 
like Shannon wouldn't take it. I was trying to get her to take it to like help with sleep and stuff. She was like, no, I don't want to be high. I was like, it's not gonna get you high. It's like literally like the smallest amount of anything. Microdose. Yeah, it's so small. And uh, but she wouldn't do it. She took CBD, and I don't know if that helped her. But um, yeah, I mean, you can always try that. Yeah, that would that might help. Um, I would even and if you're nervous about it, start with CBD. Take that. See if it works. Yeah, it might. You know, there's not a lot of studies that show it does, but there's a lot of people that say it does. But yeah, so I like the uh, I like the uh, lights down low and blue light after what a certain time. Or yeah, you did depend on your day. You need that because yeah. you you. Yeah, I've been. I mean, I watch technology all night too, but yeah. um, but as long like rock the blue sometimes light. like I'll watch it at in the evening with the lights on. It's yeah. like no, yeah, I turn them off. <laughs> you won't be as tired. Yeah. at all. I I, th- I feel like they should be. You know how they like on computers, you can get that thing where it like dims. Yeah, and it turns it yellow or something. Oh yeah. Like that. Why don't they have that on TVs or do they? And I just don't have it. I feel like they should have that on I don't TVs. Think I, yeah, that I don't makes know. way more sense. Yeah. More people are watching TV at night than they are on their computer. Yeah. In general or mine's, their phone. Yeah, mine's on iPad, but definitely. But you can do that on the iPad. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. After um, like 9:30, it automatically turns. You should get blue light blockers and see if it helps, man. Yeah. I wore the, like literally every single night those orange glasses. Yeah. And I n- noticed a difference big yeah. time. I'll have to try that out. I think we're gonna do a research review. It actually might be the next one we record because I told Brand I was like, hey, you should dig into the blue light blocker oh. glasses research and yeah. let's do a research review on that yeah just because it's like a topic that i think a lot of people would be interested in absolutely all right cool uh we'll go next question comes from jules Novern. i've just started a lean bulk i increased calories from 1800 to 2000 but now my gut is killing me why is this it's hard to say um that's only 200 calories it's not that much so I would, I, I mean, I would probably say one of two things. I kind of alluded to this on the mini cut question, but you should probably consider taking digestive enzymes. Um, I have a podcast coming up with him, so stay tuned for this because you'll get a discount. But Wade Lightheart, the owner and CEO of Bio Optimizers, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of what they do, and they produce a lot of different digestive enzyme products, mm-hmm. things that just help your digestion and your gut health. So maybe you invest in some like digestive health products. Um, Legion just came out with one that I've been taking every day that I like that has um, some different enzymes and, um, and berberin and things like that. So it actually helps with glucose uptake and digestion as a whole. And it's called Balance. It's just a gut health product. Um, you can head over to buylegion.com slash boom boom and you'll get a discount or points on that, uh, which is in the description of this podcast. But I take that every day and that helps too. But I think in general, like, yes, you can take those. And I'm a fan of taking them. Like people will say, well, is it really necessary? And it's not for everybody, but to me, when my digestion is good, I know I'm taking in nutrients better. I'm probably going to get more out of the calories I'm consuming. Definitely. And I'm just taking care of my gut. Why not? So I would recommend it. But then the other side of it is change your food selection. So a lot of times it's not necessarily the caloric intake because I doubt 200 calories put you in a big enough surplus. Now, if you were like, hey, I was eating 1,800 calories and I went into a surplus of 2,800 calories, I'd be like, whoa, Whoa. you jumped up a little quick. Like, that's a lot of food out of nowhere. Like, of course, you're going to be bloated. You know what I mean? It's just so much volume. Definitely. But 200 calories, it's what, like a cup of rice, if that? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's probably not going to do it, especially if you spread that out over four meals. Yeah. so I would look at like a low FODMAP diet that usually works pretty well for people in a bulk that are, um, or even like athletes who are performing really hard, who 
want to get more out of their nutrients and digest better, um, switching out things that are high FODMAP. And, and so like your diet kind of becomes like meat, eggs, fish, uh, kind of proteins, um, a little bit less dairy. Um, you can have some dairy on it. Um, oats are okay in some cases. White rice is like your predominant carb source. And then like vegetables are like super easy to digest one. So you're not eating a bunch of fucking broccoli yeah. and things like that. Um, which is great for you. I eat broccoli all the time, but it also doesn't bug me. Yeah. So for clients that I put on a low FODMAP, I might say, hey, your, your dominant vegetables are going to be spinach, bell peppers, mushrooms, um, carrots, things that like usually are really easy to digest in their low FODMAP. Um, that's almost what I do with almost any client who's going into a bulk that I think is having could, digestive issues. Could use that. Yeah, low FODMAP and digestive enzymes. For sure. All right. So, oh, man. You're going to have fun with this one. It says, uh, oh, first of all, it's from Amira's 716. It says, what are your thoughts on sauna suits to help weight loss? <laughs> I <You're>, hate them. <laughs> I put this in here on purpose. Um, first of all, l- let's break this down. What is it? Have you ever used one? I mean, if, have you ever results? seen, like, uh, I haven't, but I've watched a buddy making weight for wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Kent Knutson well, put a garbage bag on. That's what that, yeah. That's basically all it is. Oh, okay. It's like a garbage bag suit that you buy. Yeah. So somebody made sleeves out of a garbage bag and, <laughs> and sold it to you. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and you wear it in a sauna to sweat more. Yeah. So what you're doing, so saunas are excellent for you. Like, look up some of the research. Um, Dr. Rhonda Patrick puts out a ton of information on saunas. That's why Joe Rogan's obsessed with saunas. Yeah. So good for you. Um, It actually increases your cardiovascular system. So just sitting in there, you actually have a better cardiovascular system. Like the equivalent of you going and running a mile, just sit in the sauna. Yeah. Um, You won't lose body fat from it, really, but you'll improve your immune system, cardiovascular system. Water um, weight. And you just lose a bunch of water weight. Yeah. So what I think about sauna suits for weight loss is I think – it's literally just going to lose water weight. You're going to sweat like crazy. You're going to lose a bunch of water weight. You're probably going to get dehydrated, which if that's what you're after, that's fine. But it's not a solution to weight loss. Um, if you're chasing things like this or fat burners and things like that, you really, really need to take a step back and go and really just take a step back and then commit, honestly commit to like an actual process of training and nutrition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like um, I, I wrote a really cool – to post it today um it's it's basically about uh cj because uh there were some cool pictures of me like coaching him on the deadlift and it was basically like my brother-in-law came to me as soon as quarantine started and was like hey can i train with you and he needed like an outlet mm-hmm. I was like yeah absolutely and he's lost 36 fucking pounds he looks completely different yeah um which it's like, what did he do? What was he and what was he now? He was 225, and I think he weighed in at 189 this week. What's his goal weight? Uh, originally, we said 185, but now we're like, I mean, he, he's like, he's committed. So he's like, I want to get fucking shredded. Yeah. I was like, well, dude, like bodybuilding shredded, we could get you down to like one fucking 70. Damn. I mean, dude, I got on stage at 158. Good Lord. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, I mean. He's much, he's pretty. Like pretty he's, tall, isn't he? He's a big dude. I yeah. mean, he's he's I think he's six foot. So yeah. he's a couple inches taller than me. Yeah. But um, but you can always lose more than you would expect if you're getting that shredded. Yeah. I told him I don't recommend it. Yeah. Like I was like, man, like let's take a break for the holidays. Like yeah. stop cutting. We'll get back to it. Do a photo shoot or something. He wouldn't actually step on stage. He'd do a photo shoot. Yeah. But but point being in the, in the post, the, what the I the only said, reason I sorry go ahead. The only reason I ask you is because one day we were working out without you, 
And he's like, yeah, we're trying to get to one, 185, but I don't give a shit what Cody says. I'm getting to 183 or 181. I was like, oh. Why 183 or 181? I don't know. Isn't that weird how yeah. people have, like, a number in their yeah. head? He's like, I don't care what he well, says. I'm so getting like, down that. It, the, the problem with him, and I get this because I'm this way, too. The second I told him, like, nah, or, like, we don't need to do that, he yeah. was like, oh, yes, I do. Like, yeah. Because now he's like, I'm going to show you. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but. With him, he didn't wear a sweatsuit. He didn't take fat burners. Um, the only supplements I have him taking are creatine and fish oil. You know, like very, very simple stuff. Yeah, pre-workout. It's, it's, yeah, things like that that he decided to do. But it wasn't like, hey, I want you to start taking pre-workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. like, I just want to take it. Yeah. Which is understandable. He fucking, he does labor work for a living yeah. in Seattle all day and then comes here and lives. Yeah. I don't know how he lives after that. Yeah. Let alone with a dip in. That shit Dude. blows my mind every day. <laughs> I give him shit for all the time. I'm like, bro, how do you do that? Like same same way you did it last such, week. Yeah, you're such a man. That's crazy. I could not do that. I don't think. Yeah, never mind. I don't think that's a man thing. That's disgusting. I mean, <laughs> it is it's, not much of a. <laughs> I get what you mean. Yeah, but it is like a grizzly fucking thing to do. But no pun intended. Grizzly. <laughs> oh my um, god. But uh, no, but like what I wrote in the post and what I would say to this person is like this is a prime example of this person committed. And I said at the beginning, I was like, hey, man, yeah, you can come train with me every single day. I'll do your diet and everything, but commit to this whole year. Like, commit to the year and, and see what you can do. And he said yes. So he committed to a longer period of time, and he just trained hard and hit his macros. Yeah. But he was just patient, and he just ate r- properly and just trained and, and just waited, you know. So I think, like, if you're somebody that's searching for things like a sweatsuit or fat burners or anything like that, it it's it's a cycle – frustration because mm-hmm. you do it, you lose a little weight, you get excited, then and then it gains back. And then you try the next thing and you're going to spend all year trying all these different things with no result. Or you could just spend a year doing the simple stuff consistently and investing in somebody that will hold you accountable. And you're going to see 10 times the results and they're going to actually last. Um, and that's it. That's all. I mean, that's all it really is. Yeah. You know, and there was time, there's, there's been plenty of times where he was like, man, I think we should drop calories more. Like, I think we should be going faster. And I'm like, Nah, just wait. Trust me. And then, like, within a week, it drops. He's like, oh, shit, you're right. Because the, there's just that coaching instinct, yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. But So, not a big sauna suit guy. Not a huge sauna. I'm not a huge sauna guy. I hate sweating. I hate <sighs> heat. Yeah. I like, I love the fall, dude, yeah. because I hate. Like, I, I like summer comes, and I'm like, a weekend. I'm like, this is awesome. And then, like, two weeks, and I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> 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 Give me the rain again. But I hate saunas. I hate hot yoga. I just can't do it, man. I would not do hot yoga. Dude, I love at, sauna, though. Do you know who, uh, what is his name? Joe Rogan's had him on the podcast and visit him. Rob Dyrdek's visited him. Ryan Checker, all these people. He lives in Hawaii. He's a, He was a pro surfer. He's just a crazy. Kelly Slater? No. I mean, it's only pro surfer right now. Okay. He's, he's just a gnarly, like, old school dude that is. Tony Hawk. Super jacked. He's, like, just, like, super tan. And when I say that, I mean, like, he, like, puts his body through, like, abnormal heat to see what he can adapt to and withstand he he put an assault bike in his sauna whoa and he rides the assault bike in the sauna and he turns the sauna up over 200 degrees that's not good it's not but he just does it just to see and he like joe rogan will talk about he's like yeah he texted me and he's just like just to show me he could do it yeah Hmm. and i'm like no i'm not doing that (laughs) fuck that i hate the assault bike as it is all right, um, we're going to move on to the next question, which is from Lala Opry. How to help clients stop binge eating? This is pretty tough because I think part of it is like therapy. Yeah. 
at the end of the day, you have to make them realize the root cause and then ideally change what that, that root cause is. So if somebody's binge eating, I'm going to quiz them and get them to quiz themselves on certain things. I'm going to say, hey, I want you to get like a mini journal. Like you remember those little tiny journals we used to have? Give them something like that. Yep. The boom performance ones. Give them something like that and say, hey, every time you binge eat, write down where you're at, what time of day it is, what you've been doing for the last few hours and, and what your emotions are like. Mm-hmm. Just as simple as that. Like I'm not asking you to not binge eat because you can't control it. Just do it, but then journal about it afterwards. And what you'll find is reoccurring things happening in their life. Like I actually added somebody that like, I was like, Hey, when you, his, his thing was like, I like by the end of the week, I can't help myself. I stop by McDonald's on the way home and I get like big Mac meal, ice cream, all this stuff. And then the whole weekend's fucked. So it's like this one meal at the end of the week is a catalyst for a weekend of binging. So I'm like, Hey, next time you go, before you go into the drive through just pull over and journal, like what's going on, where you're coming from, how your week's been, all that stuff. And what happened was that he did that, and then by the time he got done journaling, he was like, I'm not going to go through that drive through Because he made a conscious effort to, like, become aware of, think of about the, it. the think about it. And it gave him a chance to stop. So he, he left, and he had a better weekend. But then we looked at it, and it, it was all related to, like, work stress. So then it's like, okay, how can we help with the work stress? How can we make stress more or uh, work more manageable? How can mm-hmm. we avoid the things inside your work that are stressing you out or the people that are stressing you out in your environment? And so you start changing those things. And then the diet fixes itself. So very rarely is somebody binge eating. The only time somebody's binge eating because of a nutritional thing is when you have somebody in a chronic diet that's just been dieting for too long or they're a bikini competitor and they're at the last stages and they just can't control because their body is so hungry. But for most people, Gen Pop, it's, it's stress-related. Yeah, Something's going on in your relationship. Something's going on in your life. Something with work, whatever. Well, if you're just in a regular diet but in too much of a deficit. Same yeah. thing. Um, it's just usually it doesn't – usually that doesn't kick in until, like, it's been too long. So yeah. if, you've, if you've been in too big of a deficit uh, for too long without a diet break, that's when we see binges. There you go. And that's, and that's a different story. It's like, okay, we'll fix the problem by having more frequent diet breaks yeah. so that they don't feel that, like, deprived feeling that they need. Is to there eat. a di- um, difference in between going from more frequent diet breaks to, like – less freak or not like stay in the same frequent diet break, but a stronger diet break or like a uh bumping their calories up even more during that period sometimes like I, what i find does that makes sense yeah it does and, and i think that like you know there's so many ways to do it right yeah. like you could do like well why don't we take one day a week because mm-hmm. then you're like it's pretty frequent and you're getting that but that that's like one day a week is like enough to trigger a binge the next day mm-hmm. so a lot of times what i like to do with people who have this issue on diet breaks, I'll do a three to four day diet break. Usually by day three or four, they're ready to go back to the diet. For sure. Right? They've like, okay, I've had enough of these calories, but I also taper it. So maybe day one is 300 carbs. Day two is 275. Day three is 250. Then it's 225. Then it's 200. And then they're back into their deficit at 150. So it's like, we start on a high day and we slowly taper it down because if you go 300, 300, 300, all right, you're back to 150. It's like, fuck, I'm starving now. But if you slowly taper it, and this is just from my experience, yeah, it helps them not be so hungry or starving or feel like they need to eat the next day or two. Mm. Um, so usually if I'm going to do a diet break with somebody, if I think that's the issue, I'm usually implementing a three to four day tapering diet break every anywhere between two to six weeks. It really just depends on the person. Mm. Um, I don't like refeeds cause it's kind of just like a, it's like poking the bear, you know? Um, but yeah. Otherwise I think you, you got to find that root cause, you know? So you're, you're not a therapist, but like if, if you can ask the client, to journal 
they're becoming their own therapist. Yeah. There's nothing where you're not going out of your scope of practice by just asking questions. Mm-hmm. So if you can just say, Hey, like I want you to journal, like what's happening, why it's happening, when it's happening, like where you're at, they'll become aware of their environment and the stresses in their life that are causing the binges. And then they're able to remove those environmental causes that, that end up in a binge reaction. Yeah, but I think that's, it, it's a tough one. I mean, you can get them to read, you can get them to start journaling, you can start, start meditating, like things like that do help. But ultimately, there's something completely unrelated to the diet usually causing the binges. Some kind of positive habit to help the yeah. problem. Or, or that's another thing too is like even, even like going back to CJ, like even with him, he's so like on point all the time and we have flexibility built in so we'll go eat and like we'll implement refeeds all stuff but he never really has that urge to do that because we're so clear on his goals yeah so like take the time to sit down with your client and map out their goal what is your exact specific goal i want you to visualize who you are going to transform into we're going to map out how long that's going to take what the process is going to be and when they they know where they're going it just becomes easier to not binge because you're not like well i'm in a deficit and i don't know how long this is going to last you know, and there are times where you can't avoid that. If somebody has to lose 80 pounds, it's like, hey, this is going to take a while. Yeah. You know, like I can't really tell you that we're only going to do this for 12 weeks because we're probably not. Yeah. It's going to be like at least 24 before you take a diet break and maybe even longer. Yeah. Um, but being clear with them on their goals is important. For sure. All right. Uh, we'll go to the next question. Um, Sonia Rosario 5 says, I have a potential client that doesn't want to gain weight, needs to quit smoking, and wants an easy meal plan, but doesn't want to eat the same thing every day, and she eats out a lot. How would you me- how would you recommend tackling this one? I wouldn't. Full on <laughs> tackling. So, come back to me when you're ready to change. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's like literally what I would. So I would literally have a hard conversation with them and say, "Hey, you want to see change with your physique? Yeah, correct. Yes, okay." However, you're unwilling to do all the things that we have to do in order to get you there. Yeah. Correct? Correct. Okay, then you don't want to change your physique. Yep. Simple as that. Like, I would literally just have a very crucial, hard conversation with that person saying, hey, we have to do all these things. And until you are able and willing to do these things, we will not be able to accomplish the result that you want to accomplish. Yep. So I need you to do that before we can get to that point. And. Then it's up to them. You yep. can't, it, what is the saying? Like you can lead a horse to water. You can't get them to drink. Yep. Same thing. You can tell them exactly what they need to do, but they need to be willing to commit. Yep. You can't follow a meal plan and not repeat the same food, right? It's like somebody saying, hey, I want to lose weight. All right, well, we're going to track macros. I don't do that. Uh, okay, well, I want you to write down the food you're eating. No, nah, I don't want to do that. Well, then what the fuck? You don't want to lose weight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, success doesn't come without work. Yeah. Period. For sure. All right, that's the last question for today. Um, again, we will announce the contest winners in a week or two. Five-star rating and review. iTunes. Yep. Peace. Deuces. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of The Nutrition Hierarchy. 
This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.